Welcome back to another beautiful week and back to the concept. Here you have the con sisters, Natasha and Tanya. Friendly reminder as we tackle the new year, hindsight is always 2020 and lessons are much easier to swallow once the fog has cleared. We dive into the stories about how a Pakistani mom of three came to America to raise her kids in Silicon Valley. From her own ups and downs to the story of struggle, we learn how to never let your circumstances define you or your future. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite podcast, The Concept, of course. We are on episode five, and in honor of making it five episodes, I actually saw this stat that told me that most podcasts don't make it to epi- to seven episodes, and they kind of fall off the radar after that. But you best believe we have some fun and great content coming for you this month. I just want to send a boost of good energy to people who are going through their life, going through their day jobs, and having to deal with seeing such disgusting acts happening all over our country, but specifically that happened last week in Washington, D.C. So my heart goes out to you, and I'm sending you guys all good energy, including myself and my friends and my family, because this stuff is not hard, and the fact that the world keeps spinning and you have to keep moving on with everyday responsibilities, it does take a toll. So positive boost of energy to you guys all, like, love to you guys all and like we know that it's hard and we hope that this can bring a little dose of a smile at least on your face as you listen to it talking about all these things too it, it definitely isn't something that like people can handle talking about on an everyday basis and ourselves included we were talking about so much about how to actually have conversations that were productive when recording this episode but while also addressing things that matter while having a comedic twist in it you know because the pressure the pressure is there it's there And so we wanted to do that because even in everything going on this past year that's been brought to light in this environment, a big thing that's taken a toll are relationships. Yeah, and with relationships, if anything, there's been such a spotlight on them this year because you finally got to look around and see the ones that you have in your life and determine whether those are the ones you want in your life. And I think a relationship with everyone around you, they shape you and I always view the soul kind of like a garden or a flower and it's kind of hippie of me, but this is how I view it. And I view it like every person in your life who contributes to that either waters your plant or provides sunlight and it orders, it helps you grow essentially. And you know, as you're growing, your soul grows, there are people that make different impacts to it. And in our soul series, our first guest we want to bring on is someone who has impacted our life in ways that we could never imagine and who has changed us and challenged us in ways that we could never imagine. Growing up, I think I came to a realization that I just wanted to be a gangster. And I had the best role model to do that because my mom is the biggest thug you'll ever meet in your life. (laughs) She is now, but it was a journey to get there. So for episode five, Soul Series Edition, our first topic that we wanted to talk about is strength. And the strength you have to find in yourself during uncertain times when things aren't going how you anticipated them to go. Because often we find that what we want doesn't happen, but what needs to happen ends up happening. Uncertainty comes your way. You can handle anything with hard work, discipline, and dedication because she is the epitome of rising above your circumstances and going above and beyond to change the game not only for yourself and if we're going to talk about excuses that every human being makes it's only natural I've made them like Natasha's made them we've all made them but rising above the material excuses you make for yourself and getting above all of that and she defines that beautifully 
Do you guys know how much pressure there is to be funny, cool, calm, and collected and have your mom and sister and be vulnerable on a public platform where everyone loves to give you their feedback? Yeah, <laughs> me too. So telling my mom that she would be a part of our fifth episode was like kind of hilarious because she was like, hell no, right back at me. Until we kind of like convinced her that like, you know, the life that we've all lived has been, it's been a series of ups and downs and a roller coaster, honestly, if you wanted to give it a name. But we've grown a lot in our own relationship and what we've learned about individually and about each other and the value of that, I think, is something that I think could be really beneficial for other people to hear for on our end. Because we learned a lot. As much as calm and serenity is in our relationship now and I think an instable, some may say toxic relationship with anyone in your life is that there's always room to grow and improve because you're never stuck still in one position in that relationship. And if there's any evidence for that, it's a relationship with our mom. Because as safe and comfortable and powerful it feels now, it used to feel quite the opposite. It used to feel like it just wasn't a good relationship at all. And I remember even when we were in college, like we would always talk about how we lived this double life. And we literally had one life in California. We felt like secret agents kind of. And then we had this (laughs) other life in New York. And it was kind of like we had to create this new identity in order to become who we really were. But it was also like we were having a lot of identity crises. And that rooted from the relationship we had with our mom. Let me tell you, being a CIA agent must be really, really stressful because trying to lead a double life and like keep up with that all. And like I say double life, in a really interesting way because I think growing up and my mom can attest to this is we didn't really like know each other we survived and like went through a lot together and the family always came as one and the love ran extremely extremely deep it's not a question of like loyalty it's more of like do you you love every your family but do you like them and like hanging (laughs) out with them and like getting to know them on a really deep like do you know me and that's something that we had to face in our own relationship too and I guess guys the Bottom line actually is that a relationship gets stronger and stronger with trust, right? And at that, at the point when you guys left for college, um, the trust level was at a pretty high low. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so the turning point of our relationship, let me set the scene. We were, it was our 20th, we were 20, and it was our 21st birthday the next day. And we're seniors in college at this point. And my mom has decided to, little do we know, surprise us for our 21st birthday <laughs> at midnight. Um, what, a sh- what a fun surprise in- from a conservative Muslim mom to surprise her teenage, her, not teenage, her young adult daughters in college for their we, birthday. We had kind of played our birthday down. We were like, yeah, we're not doing too much. We're just chilling out. So she felt bad and was like, oh, these poor losers. Let me go surprise them. In our California life, yeah, we're tight, we're cool, we're chill. (laughs) But in our New York life, you know, like there's a bit of a, you know, double life we have going on. And we're just not really trying to mix the two, you know, like separation at its finest. And so we come and we come back from... We're at this Halloween, because October, you know, love the month. We're at this jack-o'-lantern fest and... We come home and my friends are being super, super weird. And I'm like, why are they being so weird the night of my birthday? Like, this is not appropriate time to be weird. Yeah, like time and place, guys. Come on, get it together. (laughs) Anyway, so I was like, okay, this is weird, but like not the energy I accept or want, but whatever. And so I'm like, okay, taking note of it. And I go to town and I'm like, why are they being so weird? And little do I know that my mother is in my 
college house basement setting up like a mini surprise party. What a gem she is. And you hearing that, everyone would be like, aw, great. And I'd be like, no, that's not what we really needed over here today. And so we walk in and, you know, like versus giving the endearingly mother-daughter love that she deserved in that moment, I just like did not expect to see her standing in my college basement. You guys just froze basically when you were coming down the stairs. And when I looked at you, I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, and then uh-oh again. Because guys, I think at, in that moment... What we, in hindsight, now that we talk about it, we understand the reason why these guys reacted the way they did, the reasons why I didn't even think twice about telling them that I was coming to celebrate their birthday because there was such a, there was a disconnect that I was not aware of. People change, your kids change as well. And especially when you decide to raise them in a different country other than yours, please, for God's sake, embrace them embrace their change don't judge and i'm not just using this term because everybody every other person uses the word judge but i actually was in a situation where i used to just get so scared of losing of them losing their culture them losing their religion and i was so scared of people back home whom i had actually challenged when i left that country to become a single parent, then I'm going to succeed and they're going to succeed too. So in my world, in my opinion, if they lost the culture, if they became more Americanized, quote unquote, people are going to say, oh, look, we told you. See what happens? This is what happens. And I was avoiding that. And in my mindset, I was like, oh my God, I can't let this happen. So as soon as I would see something different culturally, I would panic and freeze. And that's how our relationship became sour in that moment. Of course, thank God it didn't survive. The sourness did not survive. No, but sir. But that was, that was a great, great learning experience, which actually was heartbreaking for all three of us at that moment. We did understand and learn from that experience that we actually needed to work on our relationship more. I had to be more open-minded and embrace them and accept them. And they also had to understand from their perspective, our mom in her late 40s really cannot change that much. I have changed enormously. They can vouch for that. But also give your parents a break, right? Understand their perspective. Meet them halfway. So here we have two perspectives now. So you have the perspective of like the 21-year-old children who are just trying to like have their space, do their thing, and figure out what they need to do. And then you have the perspective of like the single mom trying to raise three kids, fearful that they won't be successful and that that things will happen to them that she doesn't want happening and also like kind of falling in on judgment. So I think that growing up for our relationship, there was a lot of judgment being passed and no safe place to communicate that after so much had happened and so much turbulence going on throughout our whole family. And so being able to finally dissect that after college and realizing that, hey, maybe if this reaction to your mom surprising you in college is so negative, that's something about your relationship you need to really understand and maybe figure out like, hey, why is this happening the way it is? So we come from different generations, right? Mm-hmm. You were raised in Pakistan in a pretty conservative manner. And I was raised in America and Pakistan and 50 other places. And I just have to ask, you know, we didn't see eye to eye growing <laughs> up, in mm-hmm. case you recall. Uh-huh. Um, specifically me and you, you uh-huh. know, we're good friends now, but she was my friend of me uh-huh. for a long time. What would you say to people who have difficulties with their parents in terms of seeing eye to eye and just 
coming to a basic consensus with each other because I know especially in like brown culture, desi culture, it's so hard to be friends with your parents, but not because you don't like them, more so you guys see things black and white. The reason that we also talk about this so much, having a safe space at home, is because in brown culture especially, and like South Asian culture in general, there usually aren't spaces to safely communicate with your family about issues and things that you have, especially when it comes to like your beliefs, because everyone has their own experiences and things that happen. It's also commendable, too, of our mom because, you know, you also were able to identify that maybe the way you were, you were, you believe things ha- were happening wasn't the right way to believe things and to stop maybe projecting things onto us as well as us to you. So it wasn't just an overnight, oh, I have to do better. It was like a years-long process of, do we really want this kind of relationship and can we accept each other for our honest opinions? Because my mom would say things to me that, like, you would say things to me all the time, like, I didn't want to hear them, I didn't like to hear them. Like, <laughs> Yo, the fights were real. Especially between me and my mom, you know, because, like... Especially about the dresses, people. Like, just fashion. The like, fashion. I'm high fashion, fa- fashion, like, fashion. I, if you know anything about me, like, I'm high fashion. And, like, my mom was messing with my fashion, and you just can't mess with the fits. And when she would mess with the fits, like, obviously tensions would be high. Like, it's only natural. But we, it was... And I was actually trying to, you know, trying to, in my bestest intentions, was trying to meet these guys halfway. Shari, you were 10%. I was failing miserably because I did not know how to reach out to them. I just didn't know how to connect. It was just, just a, it was a failure of epic emotions because of the fact that I was helping helping them drift apart and I didn't know how to stop it at that time but also at that point in life like you had just come to America like you had just brought three kids like you were on your own you had all these fears about like what direction are they going to go into and you had all this pressure even at work because you'd never worked in a corporate environment like you literally went from kitchen to corporate like you were making those rotis and then all of a sudden like you're making those ROI statements (laughs) like It was a it was a tough transition and I wouldn't have been able to do anything without my family support. I'm gonna put it in there because no one in my situation especially can be successful if you don't have family support. But yes, I had a lot of battles to fight and some you know, your kids just don't know because they're busy studying and in their own world they don't know and I didn't share that much with them because why stress them out? But there were a lot of things that were happening in the background. How did you deal with, like, I know that everyone kind of faces this, especially today, but in the professional life area that we're in, how did you deal with criticism, like, from family, from friends, for, because in, in, in Desi culture and brown culture, it's, like, getting, like, being a single parent is, like, something, especially as a woman, and then working and having three kids, like, and I say that because it was such a challenge growing up, but how did you handle criticism in the workplace and out of it? It was tough in the beginning, because I was a very confident person um, before I got married. Very, very confident. And I knew exactly what I wanted in life. And, you know, I was up there um, as a young girl, you know, getting married and starting a new life. But unfortunately, um, you know, things went south for me with regards to my, you know, relationship. And then that actually turned into not low self-esteem, but I started to question myself about a lot of things. I was scared of people pointing fingers at how how I was raising the kids, how I was running my life. I was uh, learning a new trade 
at the corporate office. So I you were doing to, you were doing a lot. I was need I needed to understand a lot of things um, technically as well. Of all of this, you can say maybe quote unquote trauma that you also were living with too. It's not like you even had a second to breathe and unpack the fifteen years of. I don't want to say hell, but the 15 years you went through, and then on top of that, like, so it's almost like you get a boiling pot, and then you add even more water to it. When somebody actually goes through, which people are now talking about, emotionally, there's, there's not just physical, you know, um, impact, there is emotional impact in a relationship, and that actually is even worse, I mean, okay, not worse, but it does really mess with your um, psyche, and with your uh, mindset, and I was Yes, I abruptly left that life and came to California to raise these guys on my own because I thought that was the best thing that I could do for them and for myself because I did not want to be stuck in a situation where I was told what to do. Um, no, sir. Making any, I, I wanted to make some decisions in my life and I was trained and I, well, I was raised in a household which was a very liberal household. I was used oh. to making decisions and you know taking some control and that was taken from me and I took it back different situations in order to be successful but I am glad that everything worked out for our family and we are on a way of on a way to recovery now but like I used to dream of the type of relationship I have with my mom growing up that I have now because I just never thought that you could even do that like how can I be honest about things that she'll never agree with me with or how can I be honest and be who I am if she's never going to accept me for who I am so the only way for me to survive in my head was like lead a double life like the one side will be happy and the other side will happy but the only problem is is that I'll suffer but also, it wasn't just about leading a double life. I think also the way we were we were raised in a country that was just different than hers, there were going to be differences in what we believed in and what we thought was okay. But then also, the point of a double life wasn't necessarily hiding. What was your first day of work like when you had like kind of like we had moved back, trying to feel our bearings and everything with that? Whoo, first day of work. Um, it was... Overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me. Um, there was it was a huge, huge office. I had my own little desk space to go and sit at, but I didn't know what the hell I was going to do there because I was under the impression that you know um, everything will be laid out on my desk. I will have goals and um, uh, tasks to do. But on the first day of work, you know, it was just everybody just inviting me over and. Um, since I was in a, in a role of a manager, the expectation was that, you know, um, she, she probably has some kind of experience in the past that, uh, Did you know what cloud was? So here's the, <laughs> the funniest story of my entire career is when I was sitting in a meeting and we started talking about a cloud based platform. And this was the early, like, this was like the mid two thousands. Yes. It was the, the earlier days of my career when I started. So, uh, I'm sitting in in a conference room and we're talking about cloud-based platform um, for support and decided talking about the cloud and hey come on I was again not familiar with any of that this, this terminology so I'm not talking about cloud I'm like hmm, clouds are in the sky what the <laughs> heck are these guys talking about and I actually did not let anybody know that I had no idea I nodded my head I asked all the right questions you know I asked a question over a question so no hey, question so, is the wrong question exactly so when somebody asked me I said hey so what are your thoughts about that you know and uh, I made it I made it into a successful meeting but when I went home 
thank God for the internet, I was able to figure out uh, that we're not talking about rain clouds here. You survived coming to this country with single kids. Like you did the whole like emo teenager thing, the healing thing. We moved across the country. We mended our relationship. A lot was happening. But even while you were handling your corporate world, you always had been an entrepreneur at heart and you were always creatively problem solving, right? Okay, beta. When the going went tough, I went tougher. That's exactly what I had to do in order to resolve things, resolve situations. And I would say the same thing to you guys, you know, take cue from me and what I did in order to survive and make things work. For example, I was strapped for cash. Back in the day, I needed to buy gifts, gifts for you. I needed to do um, fun, fun things with you. I didn't have the money, so I decided to start substitute teaching. I did that for some time. Then I started my own eBay business. I, I started to sell Afghan jewelry. That was a success. So basically, I wanted to continuously solve you guys' problems by also empowering myself because I used to feel that I have so much more to offer than just cooking meals and making rotis <laughs> and serving dinner and lunch. And that energy and that... Um, um, dedication? That dedi not dedication. Drive. That drive, yes. Thank you, Tashi. That drive actually made me do things. Now what I think helped us become the people that we are make the actions that we uh, make the took take the actions that we took in order for us to you know move on from some really bad times to really good times um take cue from me understand that situations change people change but you have to keep on moving but also know that it's easier said than done too like none of this stuff happened overnight like this took years and years like a couple decades to really see this <laughs> it took come to life good 20 years of different experiences and different avenues that I had to take in order for us to be where we are right now. Um, and something that my mom always embraces too, and this is something kind of random, but in the given environment that we're in, even the pandemic, I'll kind of be sad or, you know, a little bit emo that circumstances aren't the way I wish they were socially and things. And kind of like lack of social interaction and whatnot. And she'll easily remind me that, hey, remember that like you've experienced and I've experienced life can be very harder than it is, can be very, can be much more difficult than it is right now. And like just feel grateful for where you are and know that you still have a long way to go, but you've come an incredibly long way as well. And I remember that too when I'm feeling down and sad about like different things. And it really, really grounds you because you just feel grateful for what you have. And you just feel grateful for what's yet to come. And the, and the past teaches you such a beautiful experience and life lessons. And I'm honestly glad that I have a, had a mom to guide me to where I am today and keep guiding me in the future. Thank you, sweetie. I just want to say at the end of this um, wonderfully beautiful podcast, is guys. <laughs> some, yeah, you heard that? My mom likes it. Some feedback from the experiences that, that I've had in the past as a 20-year-old. Take it with a grain of salt, people. But beta, number one, please do not get bullied into doing things that your gut is telling you not to do. It's just very, very essential because that actually changes the trajectory of your life. So those decisions that you make under duress are going to have a result that is really negative and unhealthy and unhappy. So in my opinion, whatever it is that you want to do in your life, please Think, 
sleep on it think again she's an sleep on it again and then decide because trust me if i were to go back in the past and change some decisions i would probably change 15 years worth of decisions <laughs> that I made. She's an Aries, so she's very logical. Who gave birth to two twin Scorpios hosting a podcast. You just know how that goes. <laughs> so, guys, I love you. Um, thank you so much for having me on, on this podcast. This was my first experience. so We're so proud of you. You did incredible. Thank just you like so you much. Thank, I love Johnny. you guys. I love you guys too. That death and uh, be successful. You love Bring the me. audience too, right? I love the audience. Yeah. They are such awesome people. You are my Johns. I love you to death. I'm so proud of you. It's not easy now that I've experienced this. <laughs> this takes a lot of dedication and these guys are doing a fantastic job. I'm not just saying that because these are my... She wants you guys to be easy on her with the criticism, <laughs> but watch out. Guys, as this is a concept and we question all concepts, never let your circumstances define you because at the end of the day, you are you and that is your greatest power. And cheers to a beautiful life. We'll catch you next week.